everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue him together. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome to episode 37 Today, I have an interview to bring to you with Meg Nahara. She is the host of Unedited. It's an incredible podcast that I have personally like binge listened to. I I don't know her. Well, I, I guess I do now, right? But uh, in, in a way, I did not know her when I initially found her podcast. I was so just challenged and moved and encouraged and inspired every single good thing that you can think of. That's what I felt when I listened to her. She's so real. She's relatable. The whole concept of her podcast, or I guess the the subject is hope and healing through daily Bible reading and prayer. Basically relationship with God and all the benefits of it, but really applying it and being faithful to it. And almost it's starting as a discipline, but saying, you know, letting that turn into more. So she shares personal stories, all these things. So in the, in the beginning of each episode, a little segment, she shares practical things. Here's how I study the Bible. Here's how I carve out time for a prayer. Here's how I journal, you know, all these things. But it's so much of a, it's more of a how-to. And then in the second portion of her episodes, she shares a journal entry. And I mean, they're not like my kind of journal entry. It's not like a, uh, you know, this is what I feel. This is what I think. Um, more of in a way, it, they're so beautiful. They are devotions, basically. So they are in her journal, and it is her way of getting her thoughts out. But it's so they're so good. She's so good. She's so well spoken and just writes beautifully and has such a way with words and. I've loved it. I reached out to her after I had listened to, I'm not kidding, 30-something episodes in two days. <laughs> I was at home, so I did have a little more time than normal, but man, it was that incredible. And I, I was like, okay, let me reach out to her and talk to her. And I asked her to do the podcast and interview her. And she so graciously said, yes, I would love to. And we just really clicked. And I think that, man, she's just She's a great woman of God. Before the interview starts, let me just tell you in the bio of, is that right? The bio section, the information section on your podcast episode, whatever it's called, um, I have linked all of her ways you can reach her and, and get more information from her. When you hear her, and, and get to know her through the episode, you're going to be like, okay, I want to hear more. So I've linked her, um, her website. I've linked a link for her book. So she turned these journal entries into book form. I bought a copy and it's beautiful. It's like, it's so simple. It's black and white, but it's like coffee table worthy. Um, I bought a copy and then I gave it to a friend actually that I just knew needed it. And so I'm about to buy myself another copy. And when someone else needs it, I'll give it to them and buy another one. It's a book that I think it'd be great for a da- daily devotion. You know, put it by your bedside table, pick it up before bed, read it, read an entry, something that you can pick up and put down easily. It's beautiful though, and it's so good. And I also linked her website. So her website has even more. If you listen to her podcast, she shares the episode each week. She's pretty faithful in posting episodes, and then um, she'll add extras that week on her website. And so that's really neat. I'm going to be quiet and 
and let you listen to her. So thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy hearing from her. Today, I have Meg Nahara with me from the Unedited Podcast. I'm so excited for you to get to hear what she has to say and get to hear from her heart. And I just want her to introduce herself to you. Hi, Cindy. Sorry. Thank you so much for um, the opportunity to be on this show. My name is Meg and I live in Wisconsin. I am married. I've been married for 23 years. I have two adult children and a little bit of a crazy personality. Um, I know you had, you know, sent over some questions and asked about hobbies. I don't necessarily have hobbies unless you consider writing a hobby or card writing a hobby. I love, love, love to send cards. Um, as you know, from the podcast, my greatest passion really is to help others develop habit of Bible reading and prayer. And um, just a couple of my favorite things. I love babies. I love people. I love parties. Um, I love the color green. So that's just a little bit about me in a nutshell. And I have a cat who's here, by the way. I love that cat. I wanted to ask your cat's name at the beginning. What's your cat's name? This is Molly and Nova is hiding somewhere too. (laughs) Molly is this beautiful, fluffy, fluffy cat. (laughs) So as I've listened to your podcast, different things that I heard, man, I listened to episode after episode. I, I don't know what number I'm on now. It, it's a lot, like almost embarrassing how many episodes I've listened and I've only found you for a short time and I keep listening. And my husband's like, you need to get her on for an interview. She's so awesome. And he was like, man, who is that? You know, where is she from all that? Um, and so I thought when he said that I already had questions made. So I was like, okay, Cindy, don't be a chicken and ask her. (laughs) So you are, I feel like, um, a wealth of knowledge on just, you know, just honestly, daily disciplines and the basics of our relationship with God that everyone preaches that we have to do. Everyone says we have to do, and we know it, but you're practical in application. That's what I feel like. And so listening to you has challenged me to do more and be more and be like, you know, you even talk about how it's a discipline. And so to be a little more disciplined, but, um, I want to just, ask you and if if a question leads us somewhere else that's totally fine too um where'd your passion for the word come from and can you just tell if there's like a story behind what sparked you to really say okay I'm gonna dig in and I'm gonna find the love for the word yeah absolutely um I grew up in an apostolic church and my pastor growing up on Tamburg loved the word of God And I think really infused a love for the word of God in a lot of us um, that grew up under his pastoring. And so by no stretch of the imagination, do I think this is all just my love for the word of God is a product of my discipline. Um, There's definitely people that have contributed to it. But like I said, I grew up in an apostolic church and went through a few difficult situations in my teenage years. I had um, been a teenager who loved God. In fact, I ran across an old journal 
um, earlier this week, and it is literally hysterical. Some of the things that I, I said, <laughs> but I truly in that I could see that I had a love for the word of God. But like I said, went through some difficult things um, in my, my teenage years that were, um, I don't want to really go into a lot of details, yeah, but no, you're fine. Just, just difficult for me. And in my late teen years, young adult years, started to make a few bad decisions, just didn't have all the proper boundaries in place. I, again, had loved God, but hadn't necessarily established a relationship with God. And I think this is something I see a lot with people that we come to church, we establish a relationship with church. Right. We know how to do church things. We know how to check the, really our religious boxes, mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily establish a relationship with Jesus. And I think that's kind of how I grew up. I learned how to go from church service to church service, from camp to camp, from conference to conference, winter youth convention to winter youth convention, and never really had a true deep walk with God, even though I did love him. And so by the time I was 23, um, I had spent one year at Bible school and made some very bad decisions in that year. And at 23 had two children. I was married to a Catholic man and this was really not how my life was supposed to be. I was so disillusioned, so broken, um, wrestling a lot of unforgiveness, a lot of bitterness. Um, I had actually vowed I would never go back to apostolic church. I was wow. um, just very, very broken by a few situations that I had walked through. And there was a specific moment, I remember it. And again, even through all this, I knew, I, I didn't know what I believed. I didn't even know if I believed in organized religion, but I knew I believed there was a God and I knew the Bible was true. That was about the basis of what I believed at that time. And there was a day um, I was driving with my mom, about a four hour car ride from her house to where I lived in Milwaukee. And we were just talking. I was kind of rehashing some of the stuff I had been through and just, I don't understand why it, I went through this and I don't even know what all it was saying. And she said a line that literally changed my life. She said, Megan, you need to pray about it. And I shot back at her and I said, I do pray. I pray when I'm washing dishes. I pray when I'm folding laundry. And I remember God speaking to me in that moment. And he said, you need to get on your knees and pray. And I committed, it was in a, in a black Jeep on highway 94 near black river falls, Wisconsin, zero emotion. I said, God, I will read my Bible and pray every day for the rest of my life. And the next day, I know what I was wearing. I got down by my couch and I did not know even really how to pray or how to go about establishing this habit that I just knelt down by my couch while my kids were taking their nap and I started talking to God and I had no idea what was going to come out of that habit. Yeah. And that was the beginning point. That statement from my mom, Megan, you need to pray about it. And just that simple choice, that commitment to read the Bible and pray every day. Now I have missed days but for the most part since that day, it has been a daily discipline for me and, and the best part of my life. That's really, like I said, in a nutshell, there's people that have contributed to it. Um, I will say my pastor that I have now has such an incredible wealth of knowledge when it comes to the word of God has been a huge influence in my love for the word of God and other people along the way. What a story, man. That's crazy. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's personal, but I really appreciate you sharing that. I know that someone needs to hear that, you know, um, and that all the way from then, you said that was 23 years ago. Did you say that? 20 three-ish maybe even roughly yeah. and from that habit God mm -hmm. has 
obviously there's been other hurdles. <laughs> yes, there's but been God, other hurdles. your life has been turned around and you are faithfully living for God and have been for years. And now God's using your voice to help so many others to do what he helped you do. That's so awesome. He's yeah. so good. He's so good. Um, so as far, uh, I just said, God's helped you use it to help others. Um, in your podcast, you've, and even here, you said one of your greatest passions is helping others in, in this area, you know, um, how have you used this your walk with God? How have you, how do you disciple others? How are you helping others to love the word, to get in the word, to get the habit of prayer? Um, that I should have typed out an answer for that question. <laughs> I think it's taken a lot of different forms. Um, when my kids were little, I made up my mind that my kids were not going to be able to say that I didn't teach them. Yes. And so from the time my kids were tiny, um, not again, not every day, but I would say somewhere between 50 to 75% of the days of their lives at home, read the Bible to them and we prayed. And my best memories of raising my kids was those memories of, of teaching them myself and expounding on the word of God to them. My kids in their adult life have had struggles. I do go back to the fact that I invested the word of God and the word of God is a seed. And I cannot tell you in times when my kids have been facing challenges I pray over the seed of the word of God. And so I would say first and foremost, that again, I don't necessarily see all that seed grown yet, right. but I think that that's the primary place that I have invested the seed of the word of God. Um, God has brought other friendships into my life um, where I've been able to help others establish the habit. Um, we have a huge Bible study culture at our church. We believe in the great commission teach, yeah. baptize, teach. And so I have reluctantly, it took me a little while because I was very intimidated by teaching Bible studies, but I have gotten on the bandwagon and I love teaching the word of God um, in Bible studies, one-on-one -on -one Bible studies. Um, I guess that would be the primary ways my husband and I do help facilitate and teach the new member class at our church. So I just teach one lesson there. Um, but anytime I have an opportunity mention Bible reading and prayer, even if it's just at coffee with somebody. Yeah. So many conversations over the years. I always try to point people to that habit because church alone is not enough. You yeah. know, we have got to each have our own personal walk with God. And so that's, I guess that's what comes to my mind. I love your answer about your kids, how it's, it's the seed, you know, and uh, because that's where I'm living right now. And we have recently you know, you read little stories to your kids and, but recently we have really just cranked it up a notch and just determined to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to teach them and we're going to, it's going to be a daily thing. And we're going to, it takes effort. <laughs> I'm sure there are times you were reading to them and you're tired and worn out and touched out and you just do it knowing that it's a seed and in years down the road, you'll see the, the fruit of that seed. Um, yes. Also, <laughs> how you said that it'll come out in coffee dates and all that stuff. Um, do you, don't you think that that's just a product of what's in you is going to come out? What you're passionate about is going to come out. So it's, it's not, do you think it's not really been a forced conversation, but it's been a natural 
a natural thing in a conversation to be like, yeah, I'm glad that church was great, but <laughs> we got to do more, you know, when you're meeting with friends or new converts, um, what's in yes. always, 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 always flows out no matter, no matter what it is. <laughs> so, That's so true. I want the word, word in me. Um, I wanted to ask you along these lines, um, some basic tips. Okay. So if you're listening and you have not heard her podcast, you need to go hear it because each episode, she's a ton of episodes. She's put in a lot of hard work and a lot of time into it, but a ton of episodes with advice and tips and um, practical application. But for this, I, I just want to ask you to share a small portion. <laughs> I know you can't share everything, but you know, just a few basic tips, maybe for someone listening that really wants to dig in the word for themselves, but doesn't know exactly, okay, where do I start? I'm overwhelmed with, you know, huge Bible and I don't know where to start. So what would you tell someone? Well, I tell somebody in that um, position, I think first of all, when you're starting out, number one is commit to the habit. You have to commit to it. It starts off as a discipline. And I think this is where a lot of people, we know we should read the Bible. We don't really know where to start. And we kind of do it here or there. It's very sporadic. But it's like anything. If you're going to learn to eat healthy, you have to commit to it. You have to do it very consistently and very regular. If you're going to become a runner, you have to commit to it and do it very consistently and regular. So I think consistency and the commitment to it are probably the key to it not even so much like how you do it or how much of you do how much of it you do you got to get that habit established and it might feel it's probably going to feel like a habit in the beginning you're probably not gonna you know hooping and hollering every day coming out of your prayer closet (laughs) you're just establishing a routine that's going to serve you in your future um so first of all commit second of all start small be okay to start small I still I'm a quality over quantity person when it comes to the word of God. I have only read the Bible through in a year once, maybe twice. I did do read the Bible through in five months. Somebody had put a challenge on Facebook. I was like, oh, I'm going to finish it by the end of the year. And I did that. But most of the time I like to really slow down with the word of God, let it sink in. When I first started reading my Bible at 23 years old, um, I had read something in a Max Lucado book. I have tried to go back and find it. I can't figure out. He has so many books and I don't know which book it was or where it was, but he said, read the Bible until something jumps off the page at you. Stop right there, write it down in a notebook and think about it for the rest of the day. So that was really revolutionized. Yeah. Yeah. Like my understanding of how to read the Bible. I didn't have to like finish the whole chapter or finish the three chapters or the four chapters. And again, that's great. Some people that may be what works for them. And you, it does work according to personality a little bit too. Right. So I, that's kind of how I actually started writing. Um, I would read until something jumped up the page at me. Then I started incorporating the concordance as far as like where to start with the Bible. Um, I think a lot of times the new Testament is a good place to start. The New Testament in the Gospels, we see Jesus come on the scene, God robed in flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. We see him live his life, his three and a half years of earthly ministry, and train 12 men who are going to establish his church in the book of Acts. And in Acts, we see that history book of the New Testament where the church is established, the Holy Ghost is poured out. We see how the disciples that he trained carried out his will, his wishes. 
And then the epistles are all written to New Testament Christians instructing them on how to live. So I think that's a really great place to start for somebody that's starting out. Yeah. Um, I know this is a really, probably a really, really long answer. No, in, perfect. in all of that, there's probably not a bad place to start. I think you need to have two things in mind. Learn to let the word of God speak to you. Word, Bible reading and prayer go hand in hand, right? It's, it's peanut butter and jelly. It's right foot, left foot, it's bread and water. You don't want to have one without the other. You don't want to be all word and you don't want to be all prayer. And I do kind of find people err on one side or the other. Yeah. Maybe they're more of a talker or maybe they're more, it's like, this is really concrete. I can just read. I can get that part figured out. But do know that they go hand in hand and allow God to speak to you through his word. Prayer is you talking to God very simply about anything and everything, anything that's on your mind, anything that's on your heart. And the word of God is God talking back to you. So really keep that in mind. Learn to let God speak to you as you read, wherever you're reading. It's all his word. It's all inspired. And then um, another thing I would say that's really, really important in addition to the things that I just talked about is establishing a consistent time and place. Figure out what works for you, what works for your schedule. I am a huge fan personally of early mornings. I think there's a lot of scriptural support for early mornings. But I don't, I know that it doesn't necessarily work with everybody's schedule. Right. So I think doing it first in your day is great. It sets the tone for your day, but find a time and a place that works for you where like, this is my time and I'm not, I'm guarding it fiercely and ferociously. Now you're going to have days where it doesn't work, but to the best of your ability, have a time and a place. So I hope that helps. That's a kind of a lot in a short period of time, but no, that's, that's awesome. thoughts. guard that time fiercely. Okay. So we've talked about where to start, but also, um, I have a selfish question. I told you some of my questions today might be selfish. Sometimes I'm with, I've listened to your podcast and I'm like, okay, but I want to know more. <laughs> so, um, I want to know, I heard you say that you did, um, an in-depth study um, over the gospels for a year. And you've said that about several topics that you did an in-depth study and you really just let it like marinate in that one topic or subject or even on one person. Um, can you share that process for you? Because that's where I have so many things. I have like lists of, I want to dig in here and I want to know more about this person or this topic. And I start and then I'm like, man, I feel like I don't know what else to do. So, um, can you share your, t- your process of focused study and how to really dig into the word? Yes, absolutely. Um, can I back up to the last question really quick? Yes, this is yes. like I told you, I have kind of a crazy personality. I'm a little random. Yeah. I would say for somebody starting out, and then, then we'll go to the study question. Yeah. For somebody starting out, figure out what you believe. That is the first reason that we read the Bible yeah. to understand how to be saved. Bible is God's book about himself. It's the story of redemption, God redeeming man from the effects of the fall, the effects of sin. And there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And we need to know how to get to heaven. That is where you need to start. You need to figure out what you believe about salvation. That is something I wanted to say backing up to the last question. Yeah, that was good. Think of the study question using the word, how do you focus? (laughs) It's hysterical to me because I am so much of an all over the map sort of person. Really? I actually brought you, I really, I am a bunny trail queen. Um, I brought my journal and I'll text you pictures of this. When I spent a year in the gospels, what I did, mm-hmm. and I would say this is maybe different from different things that I've studied. 
that I made a page in my journal for the miracles of Jesus. Yeah. I came to a miracle, I would write it down. Then if I came to it, so say it was in Matthew, and then I came to it in Luke, I would write down all the references. So I have made myself a completed list of every miracle Jesus did and where they are in the gospels. I did Jesus on prayer. I did Jesus on his mission. Anytime he said what his mission was, that he came to seek and save that which was lost. I did Jesus on faith. I did um, a page for, I can't even remember everything that I did, but that's kind of how I, I... studied with the gospels and I went so slow I went through with a fine tooth comb when it came to like the woman with the alabaster box I made a chart I actually think it's two separate women with alabaster boxes Um, but like all the different things that and that's so interesting that's the title of your podcast at his feet that's probably my favorite story in the whole bible um but anyway so I just stuff like that I again because I'm very random I can't say that I always have a pattern now I will say I try. So yesterday, I'm going to just come away from the gospels for a second. Oh, yesterday I started in Genesis one, one, I'm going to read my Bible through cover to cover. I've been in the epistles all year and I have a new Bible. I knew I got it um, in the beginning of 2020, but I have like so many places in that Bible where there's nothing underlined. I know I haven't touched those pages yet, yeah. So I'm starting in Genesis and I'm going to work all the way through to the end of the Bible. I kind of still do that process that I talked about read until something jumps off the page at you. I initially had a hardcover concordance. I now have blue letter Bibles, which I love. And I know this is a really long answer. But I spend a lot of time in blue letter Bible. It's an app that you can get for free. I'm going to pull it up right now. I don't know if you have it on your phone. I've used the website and I've never used the app. You mentioned it on your podcast and I'm like, why do I not get the app? So I'm going to download it right now. <laughs> It is so incredible. I always say I should be a sales rep for them. I don't think it would pay much because it's free. (laughs) Anyways, so like um, this morning, for example, I was reading Genesis chapter two and it says in verse, I think it's verse seven, um, that God made Adam out of the dust of the ground. And then I think it was verse a little farther down, maybe 18 or something. It says that God made, oh, and out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field. So I like look up the meaning of dust versus the meaning of ground. Okay. I just slow down. I notice things. Yeah. If a word jumps off the page at me, um, I will look it up. And so many times God ministers to me through the original Hebrew or Greek meaning. Yes. Now, I will say, I don't want to go into a whole big spiel of how to use the Litter Bible, but you can click on any verse. It takes you to the interlinear concordance where you can go back to the Hebrew and Greek and see what it means. Um, I, I do that a lot. There's also Bible comparison there. So it'll show you that verse in like maybe 15 different translations. I think that really shines a flashlight on the original intent of the author. Um, writing for me, a lot of times I write. And I want to say one thing I heard Raymond Woodward say about Bible study, and I absolutely love this. He said, The difference between Bible reading and Bible study is what you write down. He said the difference is a pencil because he said, if you, it doesn't matter how much you study, if you don't write it down, you will never be able to recapture that or remember that in the future. So I think remembering, I mean, I am not a theologian. I'm not a scholar. I don't even have a college degree. I'm just somebody who has learned again, to have a conversation with the word of God, to ask questions of the word of God. Like, what does that mean? cross-reference it with other verses. 
And this is something I think I've really grown in, in my writing over the years. As I write, it's really just me studying. I just, a thought comes to my mind or a verse comes to my mind, or as I'm reading something jumps off the page, I start writing about it. And God just kind of shows me things as I write or brings other verses in and cross references it with what I'm currently reading. So again, I know that's a a very long answer, um, but just a few, a few tips, get a concordance, get a notebook and a pencil and um, use blue letter Bible. That's, those are pretty much my Great advice. (laughs) You know, my husband has said um, many times, and I've experienced it, that uh, whenever a question pops in your head, that's God. God's asking you the question. God's prompting you, hey, look here. You know, when you're reading or even uh, usually when you're reading or writing, um, and it's like, well, why did they do that? Or what does that word mean? It's, It's sometimes God pushing you and saying, hey, dig right here. I have something to show you right here. And so taking that time to slow down and dig into the question, you know, follow where God's kind of trying to lead you is a big part too. But Mm -hmm. I am guilty of being like, oh yeah, I need to look at that later. You know, I'm I'm trying to read for right now. I'm trying to hurry for right now. And uh, I'm always going, I feel like. And it's a lot harder for me to slow down and and do what you're saying. I need to apply that. That was great advice. So we went I just to- say one thing really quickly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm totally yeah. jumping in. I just want to encourage you. You are in a season with young kids. And I think I don't, I don't even know what the episode is called. I did an episode about like establishing the habit of Bible reading and prayer in busy seasons. Mm-hmm. Have realistic expectations of yourself. Right. I'm in a season where I have a 21 and a 23 year old. I have a little bit more free time on my hands. I'm not having somebody interrupt me to take them potty. Right. Like, yeah. and so do you think too, like understanding your season and giving yourself grace is okay? I mean, again, you're going to have all the time in the world to dig in. And, and at the end of the day, the word of God is food. It's food for our souls. And so we're not going to have the time necessarily to do these deep in-depth studies every day, but you can still determine like, I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to make sure I get food in. And so Anyways, I, I don't know if that is an encouragement, but I just know it is. And like, I know a lot of, a lot of young moms or, or a lot of that are in the same season that I'm in that listen. And, uh, it can, you can feel that pressure, um, of wanting to dig in of feeling, man, I'm the biggest, like worst Christian ever for, for not being able to sit and, and just soak in the word. Um, so when I can, I do. Usually when I study and dig in, it's midnight <laughs> when everyone's asleep. Uh, but I do have to remind myself, hey, this is just a season. Probably everything in this time of my life, I have to say, okay, this is just a season, you know, <laughs> yes. because it's easy to forget and feel like, why am I not doing what others can do? So thank you for, thank you for saying that. Uh, not as an excuse, but just as a, as a reminder, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can't use it as my excuse to be like, well, I don't have time, you know, but right. uh, I can use it to say, okay, give yourself some grace and um, be okay mm-hmm. with going at a slower pace with your, you're talking about writing. Uh, we've talked about study reading, and then you've gone into writing and you are a big proponent of journaling. And so you've kind of talked some about it, but um I know that you've not only experienced it, but you've talked about, hey, I have scientific proof that um, there are benefits of journaling. So can you share some of that, what you found? 
Yes, actually, I'm going to just read you a couple of things versus give you my my answer. I, I ran across this by accident. It was my sister actually gave me an article says this and this is old this is from 1991 but I do have a more updated article from 2018 as well it says new studies suggest that people who are able to write about their inner thoughts and feelings may enjoy better mental and physical health according to Dr. James Pennybaker writing is a powerful tool to organize overwhelming events and make them manageable the mind torments itself by thinking about unresolved issues by translating the experience into language people begin to organize the and structure the surge of overwhelming thoughts. Once organized, they are easier to resolve. This article indicated that writing about emotional experiences produced as much benefit as a session session with a psychotherapist. It also indicated that writing about traumatic experiences was found to raise the level of T cells to fight infection and virus. And then from the more recent article, it even, said that it could lead to better sleep, a stronger immune system, more self-confidence, and a higher IQ. And there really is something so powerful. Now, the journaling I do that you hear on the podcast, yeah, it's a little different. That's, yeah, that's more like devotional thoughts. Yeah. I have a lot of pages that nobody will ever see because it's for me and Jesus. Right. And I have learned how to process through a lot of pain and a lot of wounds and a lot of different scenarios and situations in my life with a pen and paper. Um, there's a quote that says thoughts disentangle themselves as they pass through the fingertips. And that's why I believe a huge, huge aspect of journaling and of prayer is just getting all the craziness out of our brain and getting it out because when it stays bottled, it's toxic. And so that's, that goes back to the power of journaling and again, to prayer. I think just being able to process it, it doesn't just stay in there and, and, become poisonous inside of us yeah so good um go ahead and preach to me (laughs) (laughs) how many things could be resolved if we just got it out of our brain and yes um, yes oh my word i just on that real quick i i just was talking to the other night and i believe that's a one of the huge aspects of prayer that we as humans need to talk about things. And if we can talk stuff out with God and God does invite us to talk to him about everything, he says to bring our anxieties to him. Uh, Psalm 55 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. There's verses where he invites us to complain to him. If we can complain to God, we don't need to complain to other people. If we can gossip to God, we don't need to gossip to other people. If we can just get it out, we eliminate so much backbiting, so much dissension, so much negativity We've gotten it out of our mouth to somebody, right? And so again, that's a random trail, but it's so key in my life. Um, nobody has to know the, I mean, yeah, I do talk to people from, you know, about, things, but God help really has helped me through so many things, just being able to talk to him in prayer. Yes, it's so good. I love that. Um, I know that all of your journal pages, right? Some are, are not, not for the public, but um sometimes as you're studying you've said you start writing down and it's like becomes a devotional so um you have this podcast you haven't always had a podcast I know you've had years of journals and you're now kind of picking through them um to add to your podcast I want to know what prompted you to start unedited how did your how did these pages become the podcast 
So I had been on my healing journey for probably about, let's see, 23, about 15 years or so. Um, just this Bible reading and prayer journey. God had, God had done incredible things in my life. My husband ended up um, coming to church. He's on our pastoral team now. We had been in youth ministry for about five years, just really living in just this amazing time. And I would say to people, like, I used to, my heart used to be crushed in a million pieces. And now I have to remind myself what it's like to hurt. And during that season, um, <laughs> We, I had a moment, we were in Chicago with our kids, just walking in Chicago, doing all the things you do in Chicago. And I just had this experience where I, I've always said, I don't know if God took a lens off or put a lens on, but every person that I passed, I just could see their, I don't, not see their soul necessarily, but I just saw everybody on a level playing field, whether it was somebody panhandling for money or somebody in a Tesla, somebody carrying a Burberry purse like everybody was just the same and God just really birthed this burden for souls in me. And I, everybody I passed, I kept thinking, man, I wish I could help them find Jesus. I wish I had a way to help them establish the habit of Bible reading and prayer. I wish I could help them find wholeness, this, this healing that God has done in my life. And it was five days after that experience that I was kneeling by my couch and God laid it on my heart to publish parts of my journals. It was very clear, distinct impression and so I carried a heavy burden for it for many years. And I started working on a book. I published me meant book. Yeah. And um, so I started going through journals. I had no idea where to even begin. It was a massive undertaking. And I was working on it, working on it, working on it. I have cried gallons of tears over that book. And I just I published the road to publishing was very long. It's a huge industry. I really didn't know how to do this. And so at somewhere along the road about two years ago, I just, the idea for a podcast came into my head and it was like, okay, that's the way I could, anybody can use their voice for anything. There's nobody to stop me. And I had no idea how to do it. I just decided I was going to use my voice to promote the word of God. And so um, that's kind of how the podcast came to be. I have since been able to publish the book just about just a month it. ago. <laughs> and it. it's really just the written version of the podcast, but yeah. just, just my heart to help people connect with Jesus through his word and his presence. It's, it's absolutely life-changing. Yeah. I just, I just ordered it and I haven't gotten to dig into it yet. Um, but I'm excited. I'm excited to start it and to have it in my hands. I like a handheld book. <laughs> so, um, Good for you, though, of getting the book done. How, how long? It's not been done super long. How long ago did you publish it? Um, April 18th was the day. Like, I think April 17th, it was technically available for publication, but I put it out for April 18th. So, yeah, very fresh. It's a baby. Congratulations. That's so exciting. That Thank is a dream of mine, but I know it is a huge, <laughs> a huge deal and a huge process. I haven't. Well, when you get there to jump in when you get there if you need any help let me know I'm not an expert but I probably know a couple of things yeah you would definitely know more than I know <laughs> um probably in a different season <laughs> yes. uh, but I will one day um so as we're I probably have uh, one more question and then we'll we'll start winding down I have I've enjoyed everything that you've had to say you said so many little uh Nugget. Man, a minute ago you said, I don't know, something about how you have to remind yourself how it feels, what it feels like 
to hurt or to be broken. Um, what a testimony, you know? I mean, it's. I think when you're in the middle of a hurting season or a broken uh, moment, you feel like that's all there is, you know? Um, but for your story to be that you are so far beyond, not that you never get hurt, not that things don't happen, but that God's done so much and healed so much that you have to remember what was that like? Parts of my story are similar in that way that I, every Sunday morning, God reminds me what it felt like the first Sunday that I stepped into a church. And Mm -hmm. so I could relate to that, that sentence, that sentiment of, I have to remember because God is just so good at being God that he does nothing halfway. And he is so good at picking up the broken pieces and making us whole. Um, and you've already, you've already somewhat talked about it. Um, but I've heard it, I've heard it in the words of your podcast, um, and definitely in the pages that you share from your devotions in your journal. Uh, I hear it in the cracking of your voice as, as you share on certain topics, you're no stranger to brokenness and heartache. You've said it over and over again, though, that this daily alone, getting alone with God, uh, coming to his feet (laughs) for the sake of this podcast, um, that getting in his word, study, spending time with him has brought healing and it will bring healing to anyone who commits to it. Um, could you share your experience of that and, and your heart behind that statement? Yeah. You know, I think, you know, I said I was in a season where I, that's what I said to people. I have to remind myself what it felt like to her. Well, since that season, I've walked through a few times where I've, right. God has definitely reminded me what right. it feels like to hurt. And I will say, you're not going to write about gun brokenness and not face some, some deep brokenness. And I've had definitely some things that I've walked through, um, you know, even in the last few years, but I do believe when it comes to healing, um, part of the discipline of getting ourselves in the habit of Bible reading and prayer is we are daily taking our wounds into a sterile environment. We're daily taking our issues and our stuff. I mean, life is so hard. We live in a fallen, broken world and life has a lot of challenges. But when we take it to Jesus, we're taking it somewhere where all that stuff can be disinfected while we're in the healing process. So I don't want to paint some kind of rosy picture that, oh, you are going to come to this place where you are never going to hurt again, because I have really discovered, and I believe that God heals in layers. He heals as much as our understanding of his love allows. I believe I heard Jason Sisko say something along those lines one time, and it's like the deeper he anchors you down into his love, the deeper stuff he can show you. And we as humans, our hearts have unmined depths. You know, and God will just, he's taken me to some places that I probably have not wanted to go, but I believe we are in one sense going to be broken until we get to heaven. We're going to be broken the right way though, right? We're going to be broken in dependence, broken in need for him, broken in reliance on him. And throughout my life, I've dealt with a lot of pain, some pain from other people, people made decisions for me and a lot of pain from myself, decisions that I've made for myself that with consequences that have, in some cases, been uh, very long-lasting consequences. And so um, I think it's just staying in that process of allowing God to kind of take you through those layers of healing. He's going to, I found sometimes that 
seasons of reprieve, like I talked about where I was on the Chicago streets that day and just kind of on this mountain, in this mountaintop season, um, he gives you those where everything is just amazing and you're not dealing with constant pain. And then sometimes he takes you back down the place where he's going to do deep work again and uncover more depths and, and do deep healing. And so I'm no stranger to pain. I'm no stranger to brokenness, but I do still declare and believe what it says in Psalm 147 that he sent, no, that he heals the broken in heart and binds up their wound in Psalm 107. 20 says he sent his word and healed them. And though we will never have complete 100% wholeness in this life, right. he does still heal broken hearts. And I've seen him transform so many lives and the things that bound people previously don't have to bind them forever. Right. And it says too, we may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when we are in broken seasons, we can look to the future, no matter how bleak it seems, it's going to happen. It says it in his word is going to come. I know that's kind of a long rambling answer. It wasn't rambling at all. You said so much good. I'm just soaking it up and listening. (laughs) Thank you though. Thank you for sharing your heart today and um, being willing to talk with me and just tell me (laughs) all these answers and, and you've helped me. I know you've helped others that are listening. At the end of each of your episodes, you share a page from your journals. Um, And so I have asked you if you would share one here. It is well. These are words spoken by a woman simply known as the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. Without going into all the details of the story, she had been given the promise of a child as a result of her care for Elisha. Though she has been barren and her husband is old, Word spoken over her comes to pass and she holds a sweet baby in her long empty arms. But the story takes a tragic turn and there comes a day when her promise is brought to her and unexpectedly dies on her lap. The circumstances look very bleak. Most would consider it final. She refuses to accept a dead promise. She lays her precious son on the bed of the man of God and asks her husband to prepare a donkey for her. I may run to the man of God and return again. She questions why, and without one detail shared, she simply states, it shall be well. No mention is made of the death or finality, thus that everything is going to be okay. When she arrives at Mount Carmel, she is seen yonder by Elisha and his servant. Elisha sends his servant to run to her and ask if it is well with her, her husband, her child. She responds with three words of faith. It is well. She did not go into the story or even acknowledge the reality of the situation until she got to the man of God. And when she reaches him, she refuses to let go of him until the faith revealed by her words becomes the reality revealed in her life. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I will not leave you. And he arose and followed her. Elisha arrives at her home and a series of steps produced miraculous results. The promise that once lay dead on the bed, sneezed seven times, opened his eyes, and Elisha calls to her and says, take up your son. The story ends rather abruptly with the following verse. She went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. It was well. Her words and faith paved the way for miracle power to unfold in a hopeless situation. What most would have seen as a finality 
became one of the few resurrections from the dead on the pages of scripture. Shunammite woman's story takes what would consider a beautiful plot twist, a happy ending. But I believe it would have been well with her, even if the story had ended differently. She clearly was a woman of faith, and faith does not always see the results it hopes for. Faith holds on when prayers are not answered. Faith remains through challenges, trials, adversity, struggle, and hardship. I am reminded of another individual who said, it is well. His name was Horatio G. Spafford, and he penned the famous hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, in 1873. Words he spoke and the words we sing to this day were not birthed from miracles or answered prayers. Mr. Spafford wrote the lyrics of his soul following deep loss and tragedy. In Wikipedia, we see this story unfold. This hymn was written after traumatic events in Spafford's life. The first two were the death of his four-year-old son and the Great Chicago Fire in 1871, which ruined him financially. He had been a successful lawyer and had invested significantly in property in the area of Chicago that was extensively damaged by the fire. His business interests were further hit by the economic downturn of 1873, at which time he had planned to travel to Europe with his family on the SS Villa de Havre. In a late change of plan, he sent the family ahead while he was delayed on business concerning zoning problems following the Great Chicago Fire. While crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship sank rapidly after a collision with a sea vessel, Loch Ern, and all four of Stafford's daughters died. His wife, Anna, survived and sent him the now famous telegram, Saved Alone. Shortly afterwards, as Stafford traveled to meet his grieving wife, was inspired to write these words as his ship passed near where his daughters had died. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. See the words of faith, it is well, it shall be well, can be spoken in hope of a miracle, or they can also be spoken in the wake of tragedy. Pastor Hanthorne has often said, our faith is not an outcome. Our faith and the condition of our soul is not dependent upon what we see with natural eyes. Our faith is, according to Hebrews 11, the evidence of things unseen. Our faith holds on to hope while we say it is well with the dead promise laying on the bed. And our faith holds on to the sovereignty of God when loss rocks our world and leaves our souls in shreds and tatters. It is well can be spoken before the miracle and it as well can be spoken following the lack thereof. Faith is sometimes proven by a tenacious clinging to the goodness of God when life doesn't look good. It can be well with your soul when it is not well with your life. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And so that is, it is well with my soul. That's the entry that I shared on the first episode of Unedited.